Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful green loving <laughs> wife, Michelle. Hello. She's sporting her best green today because today is Sunday, March 17th, 2019. And yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. Yay. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're both wearing other green today. We both have actually our Guinness shirts on from our trip to uh, Dublin, Ireland back a couple years ago. Yeah. Be fun fun. to have been there today. (laughs) Yeah. Look like we saw some uh, video from out there. They're having a good old time. Exactly. Enjoying a pint or two of Guinness. Yes. Uh, but we are here for you today instead of being out there, and we appreciate that you're joining us on this day, or probably more likely after St. Patrick's Day by the time you listen to this episode, but whenever you're listening to us, we're so happy you joined us today. Uh, you can find us in the future most everywhere you can get podcasts. We also have our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com, and of course, you can always subscribe to us or just find us if you want to on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Stitcher. Right. And we really would love to hear from you, too. If you do uh, take a listen and let us know how this is working for you and what kind of things you'd like to hear. Mm -hmm. And please tell a friend about us. That's the best thing uh, you could do to help out this podcast. Uh, You'll also, interesting, we're going to have a very busy week this week. We're also going to be able to hear us on a couple different podcasts. We're kind of crossing over to a couple other podcasts. Uh, I already joined the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, brand new podcast from our good friend Rob LeBarry, who's been on the show several times, will be on the show again probably next week, and uh, he just started a brand new podcast. It focuses on uh, Star Wars, of course, but kind of uh, letting people know maybe they don't, aren't, haven't delved too deeply within the Star Wars lexicon. Uh, he's also going to focus, because he is not only a st- huge Star Wars fan, but he is a as big a Disney fan as I think we know. Oh, yeah. And he so he's going to look a lot, focus a lot on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as we lead up to those opening in May at, uh, at, at Disneyland. And, of course, in August, late August, right. at Walt Disney World Resort. So um, I'm, I've been on there last week, and I'm going to be on this current coming up episode as well. And also, tonight we are taping... With the Disney DNA podcast, Trent and Jenny, who have a great show, and we're excited to uh, connect with them for the first time and have a a good time on their show. It should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We love listening to them. They are awesome. If you have not listened to them, Mm -hmm. then we highly recommend that. And. I love the topic that they've chosen. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll keep that a little disclosed I for know, now, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're is. looking forward to joining them on their show. So, uh, as always, we are an interactive show. You can always find us on social media. We like to get out there, have a lot of fun on Twitter or at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, comment on anything, just say hi, whatever the case may be, you can always email us, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we love hearing from you and we loved hearing from folks this week on our topic. So we're going to be able to share some of that feedback or ideas that came up through uh, through our wonderful listeners. Right. So cool. Yes. So cool. We love all you guys. All you are Hyperion adventurers. You guys are great. Yay. So let's get to today's show. There's lots of stuff going on today, including there's a couple of big Disney trailers that dropped this week. We're going to talk a little about them. There may be a new uh, Marvel superhero coming out, uh, and uh, they found their director, and it's an interesting new genre we're going to be hitting in the Marvel Universe, so we'll touch on that as well. And our main topic is going to be the Disney and Pixar 
animated sequels, our five favorite animated sequels. Right, which was interesting to try to compile and do. So yeah, yeah it was a fun challenge. Tougher than you would have thought, actually, yes. to kind of weed through them. There aren't that many sequels, but the ones they have are a lot of them are pretty good. So it's kind of tough to to judge them in to the right spot. But uh, one thing we did this was St. Patrick's Day, and we first came out. We were looking. <laughs> we were thinking about what our topic was going to be all week, and we were focused on what are we going to do for St. Patrick's Day? What are we going to do? Can we do this? Can we do that? And then we kind of got through the middle of the week, and we realized. Well, we're only taping this on St. Patrick's Day. By the time people get this, most of you will St. Patrick's Day celebrations will already be done. So we're not going to focus on that. But we did think that we should, you know, go ahead and look at something in regards to St. Patrick's Day. And one of the things we were talking about doing is our Disney characters that are green or wear green. It's not easy. Being green, having to spend each day the color of the leaves. So, of course, that's our famous <laughs> Kermit the Frog, who is one of the best Disney characters that was ever green. Right. And he, you know, knows it's not easy being green, but Kermit, of course, I'm sure was on your list. It definitely was on mine. Well, it was, but then knowing that it was probably on yours, um, and since he tied for a certain one, I kind of let let you have it. Oh, well, thank you for letting me have yes. Kermit. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know if you actually laid out favorites. I just kind of laid did. the list. Oh, so we'll go through your favorites, and then I'll just combine it with my list. Since I didn't have actually have a list of favorites since we, this wasn't really our main topic. So. I see. Let's okay. go ahead and go down your list, <laughs> and we'll see if I match you. And if there's anything I've left off my uh, off of your list, I will add it on to All there right. as well. All right. All right. So, number five. Okay. Uh, Lewis. Yes. The Jazzy Alligator. From The Princess and the Frog. Right. Of course. Love Lewis. Absolutely. He was on my grouping, yes. And Squirt. Oh, I didn't totally think about Squirt. you right. <laughs> yes. He's a little more green than his dad, Crush. Because, right. Because, uh, you know, he's a little younger, so he's a little more green. I think exactly. Crush is still a little green, green, but he's a little more grayish, kind right, of, because being older. Yeah, yeah a little yep. more brown. Um, Yoda. Yoda, of course. Yeah, I couldn't leave him out. Uh, Jiminy Cricket. Oh, I didn't really think of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Of course. I should have thought of that. Yeah. And you probably could figure out my number one. Number one. My girl. It's your girl. My girl. Your girl. Tinkerbell. Oh, of course. <laughs> I was just thinking of you. Because <laughs> you're my Tinkerbell. Oh, you're sweet. So, yeah, Tinkerbell definitely belongs on the list. Uh, right. Wearing the green again. It, not not green in color, but she wears green right, always. Right, so. right, right. So, but, um, and that's where I kind of had Kermit there. So, who was actually green. Right. Kermit is actually green. So, I imagine a few other characters that are actually mm-hmm. green. How about the little green men from the Toy Story franchise? Exactly. Uh, the the uh, of course the aliens, the aliens. we're talking about mm-hmm. and of course the green army men from the Toy Story franchise right. as well they're green I hadn't thought of those yeah uh, Robin Hood who actually wears green right he's, yeah he's also a redhead so he fits into this <laughs> just like Michelle who is wearing green and is a redhead how could you leave off Mike Wazowski right he's no, totally green him. how is Mike yep. Wazowski not on your list seriously yeah. exactly no well he was he's on, so he's on my honorable mentions okay. list well, there we go. I, see I I took the task to the to just be that, that I thought I had to come up with five. Mm-hmm. And so I oh. have honorable mentions. Yeah, I just cheated all the way. <laughs> you yes, just I made a list. Do. I just made Anybody a list. Anybody could do that. That's right. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> 
Uh, moving on the list, Pascal from Tangled. Rapunzel's right. little uh, friend there. That Of course, he's wearing different colors because he changes colors throughout it. True. Uh, but he is a, a great choice. How about, we talked about the Princess and the Frog. Of course, Tiana and Prince Naveen, they're frogs for most of it. They're definitely right. very green. And Tiana wears green for that matter. So. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to get that one. I have that one on mm. my, you know, have that one as well on my list. Yep. And you mentioned Tinkerbell, but you didn't mention Peter Pan. Right. Also wears green. And we already talked about Kermit, who was also on my list. So I had two more. Two more. Well, who else do you have? The Hulk. The Hulk. Of course. <laughs> is Hulk green? I don't know. Of course. <laughs> oh, now you made me pause to wonder. It's like, oh. The Hulk is definitely green. And Oogie Boogie. Oh, yeah. Although he's different light, he looks a little gray, but he's right, definitely but green. Yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah, you. I felt like he could make the list. Right. So. so those are great. All those lists, all those are great for the wearing of the green. And right. many of them have to wear green every day because it's their flesh color. But <laughs> they are definitely great representatives for St. Patrick's Day. So. Right. And Disney actually had a movie called Celtic Pride. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well. Enough said. Enough said without that one. Yes. Let's just get to our main topic because we seem to be floundering here with that side topic. <laughs> and we'll get to our five favorite Disney animated sequels. And there were a lot to pick from out there, especially from Pixar. I think right. Pixar really specialized in these sequels. But, uh, of course, there were a lot to pick from. There were several that were released straight to video uh, that might have fit in this mm-hmm. list from Disney itself. Uh, Disney had a couple. They're, they're getting more popular with their sequels now. And we have two big ones coming out, both one from Disney and one from Pixar this year. And that's Toy Story 4 is coming out this year and right. Frozen 2 is coming out this right. year. So, uh, of course, they're getting big time into their sequels. So we thought we'd kind of go through and list our five favorite Disney animated sequels. And we always start with Michelle because her list is always the best and it's always the most interesting. Mine is always, <laughs> okay, yep, okay, figure that one. That one, just slot it, slot it, slot it. Yeah. Michelle always have a fascinating list, so we start with her. And then we'll count up. We'll kind of go back and forth. We'll count up to our number one uh, top favorite Disney animated sequel. And let's start with Michelle. And well, her number five. You're so sweet. Okay, so my number five is... Pooh's Grand Adventure, Mm. The Search for Christopher Robbins. There's something you must remember. (gasps) And what might that be, Christopher Robin? You're braver than you believe, and stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. (laughs) Oh, that's easy. We're braver than a bee, and uh, longer than a tree, and taller than a goose. Or uh, was that a moose? <laughs> <laughs> no, silly old bad. Interesting choice. Wow. Right. So, you know, this one, I mean, there's actually other Winnie the Pooh movies that I thought were also very endearing, like the Tigger movie. But considering that was a side character, I thought this was more the sequel to... Um, the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this this movie had a lot of, you know, some people claimed that it was dark, and I could see that, that criticism in it. But it actually was kind of fun how they showed how in the dark our imaginations can see something and it can appear very different, a little foreboding. But once the light shines, it's really something harmless. And, and But the best thing I liked about this movie was that it really showed how you could, 
you know, go beyond your fears. You have a goal in mind and you're going to take the adventure. And I really like that about this movie. Yeah, really cool. I saw. I think I've seen it once. I think I actually saw it with you the first time I ever actually saw this film, right. and I enjoyed it very much. It wasn't didn't make my list, but yeah. I do like it. It's a great. Most most Winnie the Pooh films are just endearing, and you yeah. just love them. You, right. you can't help. They're such cute characters, and there's so much heart involved with each one of them. Exactly, and you know, seeing how each of them dealt with, you know, the challenges that they had to go through to find Christopher Robin at Skull. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ah, uh, good stuff. I like your number five. Thank you. My, yes, Michelle always has the best list, and she's already started with the best list. My <laughs> number five, I'm going to start with again, is a slotted one. Let's go right to my number five, which is Monsters University. I just need to ace my classes, graduate with honors, and become the greatest scarer ever. The star player has just arrived. You're my hero! Yeah! Brothers of Uzma Kappa. I'm Art. Oh, you might like to keep a dream journal. I'm a dance major. And I'm not. They're not exactly the scariest group in the world. Smile! I'm <laughs> I thought I could show everybody that Mike Wazowski is something special. Just reach deep down and let the scary out. Boys! Oh, scary. Up top. <laughs> So yes, Monsters University, technically not a sequel. It's really a prequel. <laughs> so, uh, But it is the second movie after, of course, Monsters, Inc., which is such a wonderful uh, movie. Uh, Mike and Sully go back in time. It's, they're as college students at uh, right. Monsters University, of course, learning to be scare students. And uh, the, the biggest thing about this, and I actually, the first time I watched it, I'm like, eh, all right, it's fine. But the more I've been watched it, the more I've really gotten enjoyment out right. of it. It's beautifully animated. The colors just pop off of it. Right. A, you see these scenes when they're at campus and there's all these different monsters and they're all different colors. It just pop, And then you got the trees and it just is beautiful setting and, and I love that about it. It uh, doesn't have quite as much heart as the original right. but there's more heart than you get like the first time you watch it as you get through there. Uh, it, it's you know, it shows a lot about teamwork. It shows that you can overcome obstacles in life. Maybe right. even if you're not what you would feel is like the perfect sculpted person for this role. Right. That doesn't mean you can't do these jobs, that you can't accomplish these things. And I think that's what it led to. And by working hard, doing what you do best, you can become what you want to become. Absolutely. And it, it kind of shows you like what you're saying. You might not be able to fit or some role that you want to play but that doesn't mean or that you want to do in life but that doesn't mean you can't have a part in it right so you know um like you said you might not have whether you're talking physique or talent you know you couldn't do that but you could still have an important role i mean heaven knows i can't play basketball but mm -hmm. you know it doesn't mean that basketball wouldn't be a part of my life if i wanted that you it. couldn't be involved within it right, and doing exactly. something different but also in many roles if you if you work hard enough if you try if you believe enough that you can find whether it be a side role right. or possibly that role there even if people look at you and say there's no way you could do this right. I, I believe that there are many people out there i mean obviously most of us will never be professional athletes right, okay right. but there are certain jobs out there that if you apply yourself even if you don't seem like the perfect person
person for that job, you might just be in the Absolutely. long run. You may work harder than somebody True. who maybe looks like that or seems to be that appropriate right, person. Right, exactly. So, anyway, that's why I love Monsters University, and that's my number five pick. That's a great one. Um, and it almost made my list, yeah. you know. It was on my honorable mentions. It just barely didn't make the cut. Very nice. Very, Very nice. close. Well, that's our f- number five picks. Let's get to our number four best favorite Disney animated sequels. And again, Michelle's number four. So my number four is Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. London's as busy as a hive of bees. Grandmother Willow would just love these trees. Crowded and loud, but so exciting too. With colors I never even knew. One day in London, history was made. Take away the mystery, then you're not afraid. You see the girl. <laughs> Interesting choice. I told you, Michelle's list, always fun. You know, and I've talked a lot about um, this movie when we did our Valentine series, right. you know, because I, I, I felt the the warmth and the genuine relationship that grew from uh, Pocahontas and John Rolfe was really admirable. Um, but again, I like this, you know, the idea of the story that here's somebody who totally had to go out of her comfort zone to a whole nother country and being female and all the obstacles against her and how she could really, you know, rise to the occasion and be very accomplished in in what she was trying to do. Yeah, it really is interesting and actually in some ways a little more historically accurate. Well, let's just face it, the original Pocahontas isn't historically accurate at all. This one is a little closer to being historically accurate. Then again, you know, that's doesn't take this it's a very low bar to be set <laughs> but and it's not one of my favorite films but i know you love it and i've watched it with you and right. i get what you like about it but i will say i mean just listen to that song the music again yes, is spectacular right. and it just as it is in the original pocahontas right so. right like i was gonna say before too is that the music is great it you know kind of reminds me i don't want to say the same type but the same power that you might see in a few of the songs that you get out of uh, hunchback you know Mm -hmm. just kind of almost like broadway-ish right just like that one you just heard it yes Uh, very broadway-ish type of uh of song there soundtrack yeah So, yeah. again, Michelle's picks. Oh, you never know where she's going. But you always appreciate it when you make them. She has a very interesting list. My list, again, let's go for the next slot. And my number four mm. is Ralph Breaks the Internet. Hey, kid! Wake up! Ralph, what is wrong with you? Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. Ralph, what is it you're trying to say? We're going to the internet. What? I find it hard to say the things I want to say. One second, I'm having the time of my life. What's up? The next thing I know, my game is just gone. Oh, no. I'm freaking out hard. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the internet. Holy cow. Hello, hello. Let me tell you what it's like to be a zero, zero. Let me show you what it's like to always feel, feel. Like I'm empty and there's nothing really real, real. I'm looking for the way. Take me to a website that's we're intense and really nuts. Whoa, 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 ladies, I'm a princess too. What kind of 
kind of a princess are you? Uh, Do you have magic hair? No. Magic hands? No. Do animals talk to you? No. Were you poisoned? No. Cursed? No. Kidnapped or enslaved? No. Are you guys okay? Should I call the police? Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes. What is up with that? She, she is, is a princess. <laughs> So yes, Ralph Breaks the Internet, a very recent addition to the sequels from Disney, of course. And I we just rewatched it recently because we right. just got it. Uh, we just got the Blu-ray a couple weeks ago, and uh, I reminded rem- reminded me again how much I love this film, sure. how good it is. I don't know. I, I really like Wreck It Ralph, um, and which has a lot of heart. And again, I don't know if this quite has the heart, but in some ways it does. It, it, I can tell you which one I prefer more, but this one is a really really good film. Uh, it, you know, it has the lessons in there about, you know, friendships change over time. That doesn't mean that you're not still going to be friends. You just have to adapt to how your friendships change. And I think that's really interesting to it. And about also about finding yourself and right. what's right for you. We were just yeah. talking about that a little bit with Monsters University and that finding your role within this. And just because you're maybe look like you're one thing doesn't mean you can't be another thing Absolutely. out there. Yeah. Um, I also love the little nods and how Disney like pokes fun at itself right. a bit within this, um, you know, and the, the, all the nods to the Disney franchises, you know, Star Wars, Marvel. Of course, you just heard the princesses there. So many Easter eggs. We stopped when they went to the Oh My Disney scene and we just paused <laughs> and we're like, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. There's so much little nuance into it. And if you go and watch the extras, if you get the uh, the Blu-ray or if you stream it, I believe there's some of these streams that actually have the extras in there. They lay out how they built these worlds. And uh, it was really fascinating to watch the how the animation process went. True. The, the concept information that they provide there was just really something that made appreciation of that movie a lot easier. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that because I, I love the movie too. I, I think it's fun like you're saying especially mm-hmm. to watch for all the easter eggs and all the little nods and th- the extras is not to be missed because right. that really does uh really tie everything up very nicely as to why the imagery that they use the type of characters it it lays it out so you really get a better appreciation i mean little things like that it's built from the ground floor up so the farther you go down it's like the first original websites that were ever built, <laughs> yes. you know, and there's a lot of, you know, and you go up and there's MySpace, it's, you know, gone away, it's by the side, you know, and then yeah. it's just kind of interesting to, to see how they, they thought they really delved into the internet and what it would look like if you were to actually, you know, spell it out right. in paper. It was fascinating Yes, to watch. you know, and I think we were commenting too that it was very, um, some con- concepts were very similar to how they did the, the life or the um, world of... Coco, mm-hmm. you know, and how they had various layers and why they were as they were and had the different looks that they had. Yeah, it had a very similar feel to it in the way that the, the Land of the Dead, if you know what the Land of the Dead is from Coco, uh, how that was laid out. It's very similar. The internet was yes. laid out in a very similar way. So interesting stuff. And uh, that's why it's my number four favorite nice. animated sequel. Let's Good get choice. to number three. And we start again with Michelle's number three. All right. So, my real number three... <laughs> Wait a minute. Here we go. I was wondering when we were going to get a little cheat in here. It doesn't take too long. Actually, longer than I expected, but that's good. Because <laughs> I really like this one. So, my real number three, 
I think meets the intent of our list because okay. it is Disney. Okay. It is animated. Okay. And it is a sequel. Okay. Okay. So if it meets those three, I can use it, right? Um, <laughs> boy. Um, sure. <laughs> okay. So my number three is Phineas and Ferb Roller Coaster the Musical. I know what we're going to do today. Though it might sound just a bit cliche, we can build a roller coaster, but this time with songs and dancing. Cause when we're back in school come next September, and they ask us, we can both remember every cool and clever thing we did all summer long and glancing. That we're gonna be so glad that we. Is that a movie? Well, see, that's why I asked first. It's not I a have movie. a backup. It's not a movie. I love that. I love it. I love Phineas and Ferb, the roller coaster, the musical. It's wonderful. It's not a movie, though. So, unfortunately, I have to disqualify it from this list. I'm oh. sorry, but I, I love it. I want to hear from you folks if you agree. <laughs> if you like Phineas and Ferb, you know it's one of the best musical numbers and there's so many that go back the original episode was the roller coaster the playing of the roller coaster and there's so many episodes that go back to the roller coaster and that's one of them and it's really good so okay so I'm I have my backup although I still fight for my original but my backup would be Cars 3 I decide when I'm done how you feeling I can't go out on the track and do the same old thing. It won't work. It's futile to resist change, man. You know what I'd do? What? I don't know. I got nothing. I am so excited to train you. I like a challenge. <laughs> I call you my senior project. This is my last chance, Cruz. Last. If I lose, I never get to do this again. Don't fear failure. Be afraid of not having the chance. You have the chance. I used to watch you on TV, flying through the air. You seemed so fearless. I wish I knew what that felt like. The racing is the reward, not the stuff. Storm's chances of winning are 95.2%. Wow! You know, after being a little let down by Cars 2. A little let down? <laughs> Oof. I know. That I know. movie is so disappointing. I mean, not that it doesn't have some small, and there are funny parts. Right. And if you're a young kid, I yes. bet you you like it because Mater's pretty funny. But Exactly. Oof. Anyway, yes. let's get to the one that's good. Right. So that's why, you know, I, I went with this one. And, and I know when we first went to, you know, see Cars 3, it was like, oh, do we dare? Because Cars 2 was disappointing mm-hmm. to us. But this one really was nice. And it, had, it was a great surprise to have it be you know as phenomenal as it was you know and it really did have a lot of heart a lot of life issues brought to the Mm -hmm. table and so it seemed to be a great movie and a great sequel yeah this almost made my list it just fell just Mm -hmm. off of the cut line there because and i was surprised by it too how much i really enjoyed it after like we just talked about cars 2 was a significant disappointment uh cars 3 (sighs) I think Cars is the best of, I mean, it's hard to say, but yes. Cars is the best. But Cars 3 is pretty good. And it does speak to some real life 
issues that people right. have to deal with of you know when is it time to move on move in a different direction you know uh decide that it's you, you can no longer do these things and it's especially what we see with athletes and yes lightning mcqueen is an athlete and sometimes they hang around a little too long True. and it's kind of tough to see them out there doing this a little too long and when is the time that to you know put that ego aside and say it's, it's it, I need to move in a different direction, Correct. find a different mode in my career. Situational awareness. Yes. So, um, and there's a lot of heart to it. It's very interesting. Uh, again, I don't think it's as good as the original Cars, but I do enjoy that film, and it did merely make it my list, and I could understand why it made yours. Right. I mean, I think the the first one, like you said, is the best. Plus, it was so unique, and here we're taking the same, a lot of the same characters, mm-hmm. introducing some new ones. But the message is really, really powerful, I mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I was, again, we debated on whether we were going to see it. And we were pleasantly surprised that it was it was pretty good. And yes. obviously, it's very good cause for you because it made your number three a Disney three, animated sequel. 3B. 3B. Because somebody the one, here. The one that counts. Sorry, <laughs> somebody has to be a stickler for the rules. I apologize. Here she is, off on her fun list. As yes. always, me, I'm like, oh, no, no. We need to follow bah, the rules. Bug. Follow the rules. <laughs> totally me. Totally fun. No fun. I don't have any fun. No, you do. You're <laughs> Of the two of us, you really are nah. the more fun one. Yeah, well, not by looking at this list, <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. Just by... Putting your thumb down on my number three choice. I love That's that one. Right. I love right. that. I love what you put out, but I just got to. It's just not a film, so it's not a movie, and that so it can't be on our list. I'm sorry. I'll let it go. I'm sorry. Let it go. Uh, okay, so let's get to my number three, and once again, let's get to the standard slotted spots, and I'm going to go for another recent uh, release that came out, and that is my number three is Incredibles two. <laughs> What exactly is mom's new job? She's an advocate for superheroes. But I thought superheroes were still illegal. Hey, hey, the bus is here. So things haven't spiraled out of control the moment I left? Oh my God. And Jack-Jack? Looks normal to me. What the? Num num cooking. Cooking. Oh my God. Cooking. Wow, Daddy, that is freaky. Secrets are no longer in control. I am. Suit up. I'll be there ASAP. You better be back ASAP. It's up to us. Now! So, Incredibles 2, again, I actually have a debate on whether I like Incredibles 2 more or Incredibles 1 more. It's really on the fence with me as to which one I enjoy more. They're both great films. This one picks up exactly right where Incredibles left off, which I love about it. Uh, it, it, It's so funny because they haven't aged. Nothing's gone different. It's like literally days afterwards, and I love that. Uh, there's more depth with family struggles in this one. Well, of course, the first one, there's a lot of family issues. Of course, Bob Parr is having the difficulty, uh, Mr. Incredible, with dealing with 
uh, reliving his glory days, kind of like, you know, the, the guy who was great as a high school football yes. player and, you know, moved on and never progressed from there, but he just wants to relive his old glory days. Well, that was Bob Parr in the original. Well, now he's dealing with a different struggle, and that's the fact that, one, his wife has suddenly been tagged for this new gig that he really wants, and two, he, to, to allow this to happen, he has to go home and right. be with the kids, and that's not his, had not been his place for all of their time growing up. So he's struggling with having to deal with that while still wanting to be out there doing exactly what his wife is doing, you know. And so it's interesting to watch him seal, deal with the, you know, the role reversal of uh, being the stay-at-home dad, having to deal with a moody preteen girl with boy trouble, <laughs> uh, having to deal with a son who is struggling in school. Math is math. Uh, and the baby who is more than a handful, right? obviously. Uh, I think it's just it's it's just really interesting film and how it develops in that way. Most definitely. And it actually is my number two. Oh, so there so, we go. Yes. We'll combine that. Exactly. You know, and I think I totally agree with everything you said. It really, it has the the unique way of addressing how families need to support each other. Because it also brought to the table, I'll just add to this, is how the kids took an active role in supporting the family and mm-hmm. really being there for each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, you know, the original... They had parts, definitely parts of that, but this one really solidified that as well. And I think, too, um, is just the fact when we first premiered it, it was pretty cool how we got to see it. We got lucky with that. We really did. So Mm -hmm. I think all around that movie, you know, was near and dear to my heart as well. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Jack-Jack steals the show. Every scene he's Mm -hmm. in, he's just, you can't keep your eyes off him. He's hilarious and amazing. It's fantastic. The animation's great in it. Such a leap ahead from Incredibles to Incredibles 2. Of course, it's 10 years difference. But still, it was amazing. I love the the family dynamic that you were just discussing, uh, how they kind of are going their own different directions, doing something, but at the end, they kind of, pull it back together, support one another, and join together as a team. Yes. And yes, the, uh, the kids are so integral into making sure things happen as it, it goes on. Um, just really, really good film. It really was. And I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, whether it be Incredibles or Incredibles 2, which one is the better one, which is really a unique experience to mm-hmm. have with a sequel mm-hmm. that you could say that because... I agree with you. I could say the same thing. It really is a great standalone if that was the the original movie. Right. I don't, couldn't agree with you more. And uh, I think it's easier because you already know who the characters are going yes. to this one. There's not as much character development, no, so they can get right to the correct. action. But still, uh, great film and loved it very much. So that is not only my number three, that is also Michelle's number two so now favorite your number two. Disney or Pixar animated sequel. My number two, and this really, two and one, sometimes depending on my mood, uh, could be flip-flopped. But my number two is Toy Story 3. Don't you get it? We're finished. Obsolete. Over the hill. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. We're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. We ain't ever getting played with. Hold on. This is no time to be hysterical. It's the perfect time to be hysterical. Should we be hysterical? Now. Yes. Maybe. But not right now. Come on. Let's see how much we're going for an EB. New toys. I'm going to get played with. Where's my nose? There it is. Here's your arm. Give me that. That's Honey, mine. The mustache. We're busting out of here. On three. One. Three. Whoa. Two. Infinity. And beyond. 
To reset your Buzz Lightyear, insert paper clip. Use your finger. Did you fix Buzz? Uh, sort of. Oh no! Oh yes, return of the astronaut. So I love this film. It's so good. Uh, you know, of course, if you, I don't know how you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, it's the touching story of how Andy's toys are desperately trying to remain attached to him, even though and relevant in his life, even though he's grown up, getting ready to go to college. They just want to be played with one more time for old time's sake. They're still around, and they just can't do it. And it, uh, and there's some miscommunication, some interesting <laughs> turns that lead them to in certain ways. Movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. Surprising. I know. Uh, but you know, and bottom line is the most of the toys are just trying to protect themselves from being thrown in the garbage, being thrown in the waste pile. I think that's a, another interesting thing that many people go with in their life in many regards. As you age, you feel that feeling, whether it's true, whether it's not, right. some, many people have that feeling. Uh, this film is an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. for sure. The, the, there's some huge laughs in it. Like our favorite scene is when Potato Head is the tortilla, <laughs> and he's got that little battle with the pigeon, which I think is just we just just cry laughing at that Dude, one. Scott's favorite too. Yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. Um, our son Scott, uh, he loves that. Um, Buzz's Spanish mode, which you just heard there, which is so fun and great and just amazingly done. Yes. And uh, Ken, I think Ken, almost in every scene he's in, <laughs> especially all his outfits and he's crazy, yes. it's just so good, you know. And, and, and talk about the flip flop with Barbie right. being, you know, the one that can really carry some uh, more intellectual kind of conversation. Barbie voiced by voiced by Jody Benson, by the way. If you didn't yes. know that, that's Ariel. Yes, playing Barbie, which I, I think is interesting. But uh, and then there's great. Tears uh, in, in several times with it. I mean, of course, when they, they're in the, I'm sorry if you haven't seen it, spoilers. <laughs> uh, when they're at the dump and it looks like they're going to get incinerated and they all grasp yes. hands <sighs> and Woody reaches out his hand to butt. And it's just, oh, you know, it just, just if you've loved this franchise and love these toys and these characters, uh, it's just heart wrenching. And then, of course, the goodbye to Andy at the end. You know, one last time that they get playtime with him, what they've been desiring this whole time, and they get one last time playing with him, and of course the new owner Bonnie, and then the end when he gets ready to drive away. I'm getting teary right I now. Know. And, <laughs> Me too. And uh, you know, the, he just waves to them, and they, and she just Bonnie waves Woody's little hand to him, and it's just it rips you up because it it's just so adorable. But it's so good to see that they've been passed on to an owner that's has the imagination and the love for the toys and the respect for the toys that they're going to have this great future. Exactly. Them, so. And you can see on his face at that moment that he's realizing he's now got to take the role of being an adult. Right. You know, and, and kind of give up that childish, childishness to some degree you know, in terms of at least like playing with his toys. So, yes, all around. Um, which is why I have this actually as my number one. I wondered if it would. And I, I flip-flopped these two mm-hmm. many times. And so it doesn't surprise me that it's your number one. Right. And like you said, uh, to me, this movie, I still remember the first time we saw it. And I laughed so uh-huh. hard at points in it that I thought I was going to wet my pants. And <laughs> I cried like baby ugly tears. <laughs> and I've never had a movie do quite like me quite at that. every movie. 
Yes. Or right here when I talk about a movie. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, you know, because like you said, it's it's a great movie and you really feel endeared to those characters that are played by the, those animated characters. And so you do feel attached to them. You know, we've seen Andy, you know, from when he was a kid and grew up and, you know, now going off to college. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of something that you could really take a part of. And the messages that mm-hmm. were really great, like you said, the messages of how, you know, going through the situation of feeling, you know, no longer needed or necessary, but then to see that same person being really appreciated by someone else, you know, and like I mentioned with, with Andy going off to college, the, you know, the, the changing of your life and, and knowing that your, your home is not, is yes, it'll always be there, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a much different, different situation. It's a world, it's right. a different world. Yes. And, and, you know, he wanted to bring Woody with him to have that one yes. last little memory for him, but then when Bonnie ha- he finally gives up and says, "Okay, it's almost like the last release of childhood. I've right. got to let that go and yes. move on." Is letting go of Woody when he could have taken Woody with him and had still had that attachment there, right? Which was the plan. Yeah, interesting stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, very worthy, worthy of being number one on my list. It was number one in your list, and yes. I can see why for sure. Because if you'd asked me tomorrow, it may have been number one. Oh, okay, because I'm really anxious to hear what your number one is. My then. number one, and uh, we're going to stick with the same friend. Franchise, and that is Toy Story 2. He's stealing Woody. Somebody do something! Woody once risked his life to save me. I couldn't call myself his friend if I weren't willing to do the same. I'm packing you your angry eyes just in case. Let's move, move, move! To infinity and beyond! Don't talk to any toy you don't know! Sure. I'm officially freaked out now. What are we going to do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head. <laughs> We've been down this aisle already. We've never been down this aisle. It's pain. Back it up, back it up. <laughs> oh. I'm tour guide Barbie. I'm a marriage spot. I'm a marriage spot. Oh. I'm going to let go of the wall. Oh. What? He would ah. One. He would. Two. I just love Toy Story 2, personally. Yes. Um, I love it. I think it's just a little bit better than Toy Story 3. Mm. Argument of whether Toy Story, the original, is better than Toy Story 2. I don't know. I, I, I could argue it on either side, either way, many times. Interesting that this is a flip from the original film in many regards. Um, that uh, Woody, you know, in, one, in Toy Story, Woody is, because of the way, and if you've gone back to the story of how Toy Story was made, if you know it, uh, originally uh, Woody was kind of a mean guy. He wasn't right. really the best friend that you yeah. could have as a toy you know he was just kind of like Pushy. well he wanted to protect his own self more than you even see in the in the toy story that actually comes out uh so this time you actually see him being his heroic self you know when he goes out yes. one of the first things you see him there despite his ripped arm he goes out and saves his friend wheezy from being going out to the yard sale and sacrifices himself in a way because he gets stuck there and he gets stolen and taken away Right. And then it's Buzz that has to come and the rest of the toys that have to come and save them. Uh, really interesting. We meet brand new characters. We meet Jesse. We meet Bullseye who become 
these great characters win the to- Toy Story franchise. A couple of our favorites. True. Adorable. They're adorable. They're wonderful. Uh, and let's just say, there, there's a moment in this movie that is another one of those. I've talked about these moments many times. And if this moment didn't wreck you in this film, I don't need to know you. Hey, what you doing way up here? I thought I'd get one last look at the sun before I get packed away again. Look, Jesse, I know you hate me for leaving, but I have to go back. I'm still Andy's toy. Well, if you knew him, you'd understand. You see, Andy's Let me a... guess. Andy's a real special kid. And to him, you're his buddy, his best friend. And when Andy plays with you, it's like, even though you're not moving, you feel like you're alive. Because that's how he sees you. How did you know that? Because... Emily was just the same. She was my whole world. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart. I'm not going to play the whole song because that would just be too long. But really, I mean, this scene, and this is really, it's an interesting way that this, this, turns the whole franchise around with, you know, realizing the mortality that they have there. And we see this in Toy Story 3 as well. I think it's extended in from this into Toy Story 3 of how they're concerned about, look, we're going to get thrown away. We're going to be left. Jesse kind of has those fears because she's had to deal with it, whereas these other toys have not so much had to deal with that. And I think that this is the crux of it all. And this is such a beautiful song in a beautifully shot scene that it just it crushes you to feel and if you didn't after you watch this when you had a toy or something that was dear to you and you're debating on whether you're going to get rid of this thing and just throw it out or not if it didn't give you at least a little bit of hesitation um, I don't know who you are but that's <laughs> got to be tough because every time I th- look at something I'm like especially that something was dear to me when I was younger Right. Uh, it's tough because of this scene. Yes. It makes it tougher, and you want to treat all your things that were there as you were growing up just a little bit more special because of this scene to sure. me, yes. personally. Yeah, having a lot more respect for something and, or someone. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, in regards, it is someone, not just something, of course. Right. But... Uh, I just find it fascinating, and I find this is a really good film. I thought, you know, it gets right into the, again, there's not as much, you don't have to do too much character development except for finding out midway who the new characters are. You get right into it, the interesting scene right <laughs> off the bat when Buzz is flying into, uh, you know, Zerg's lair yes. at the beginning, <laughs> where we find out later it's a video game. Right. But, you know, it was just kind of an interesting to see Buzz Lightyear fighting out through all these things, and uh, just really, really good stuff. Uh, good humor in there as well. Um, it's again it talk to me on different days i could tell you of the three films the toy story films that have been released to this point you ask me on a different day i could tell you which one's my favorite and they all are my favorites for different reasons Correct. it's almost 1a 1b 1c i would agree but uh i i really today toy story 2 makes my number one yes and there was a lot of cute things in that movie too where they made fun of themselves or you know their their genre like when they're in the toy store mm-hmm. and you know how tourist, uh, Barbie is uh, giving the tour guide, and and how she makes some little innuendos here and there. Right. It's so another thing that actually uh, strikes close to home with me as well is because when I was young, when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I worked at Toys R Us <laughs> for 
Yeah, four nice. or five years. Nice. Um, so, like, when I see that toy store, it, like, just strikes me my, back in my days when going, working at Toys R Us, because the aisles are laid out. Yes, the, this aisle is pink. Yes, the Barbie aisle was just pink, wall-to-wall <laughs> pink, and, you know, you'd go through there every day, and it was just interesting. The action figure aisle, all that stuff. I remember the, I've been there for the days. I wasn't the Cabbage Patch, but I, I remember uh, some of the uh, action figures when they were be in there people would be like when the boxes come in they would be like waiting to pounce on if there's that character that was there you know like a teenage mutant ninja turtle or i think power rangers was one of them at one point like needing to get that one character out of this and so they'd be like diving into the box to try and find (laughs) that one character that they didn't collect it and adults too which was even more funny so uh kind of that interesting stuff in regards to that so i think it's kind of strikes close to home for me in many regards exactly Uh, and one thing we should point out, this was the week for Barbie's birthday. Oh. She turned 60, so wow, just she wanted doesn't to look point a day over 25. Well. I know. She looks great. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's my, again, uh, ask me on a different day. I might put them in a different order, but today, Toy Story 2 is my number one. Nice. So. Nice. Good list. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we also got uh, several different uh, add ins from. Some people that we know out there that have kind of, we put this out on Twitter, told them what this topic is going to be, and they've added some in. Uh, Michelle, I think you've got a few with you. I do. So uh, part of our world podcast at P-O-O-W podcast. Yeah, one of our favorites. Yes. Um, so they wrote, some Some of them were similar to ours, Toy Story 3, Incredibles 2, mm-hmm. Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a good one Finding well. Dory is an interesting pick. Yeah. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Well, we're getting into live action here, right. which I don't know if they quite got what we were talking about in the animation, but that's a great sequel, and I've got something for that in just a second here, but I want you to finish out their list. Okay, and uh, D2 Mighty Ducks. Yes. And they did say that if they could, they'd like to also include Empire Strikes Back <laughs> as their number one. Right. Well, I love Empire Strikes Back, but it's not one, it's not a Disney film. Two, we were going for animated, but uh, I don't disagree with you there as far as Empire Strikes Back being... <laughs> My probably my favorite sequel right. as well. Really good stuff. Uh, but I want to get back to Mary Poppins Returns because I was going to put it. I couldn't put it. This would be on my list if we were going for sequels that had live action for sure. Uh, there's no question about it. I love Mary Poppins Returns, but I put it in as a kind of uh, others receiving votes because there is animation within it, and the animation is such an important part to it. And I, I just wanted to play this again. Mary. Poppins, who came back? You seem hardly to have aged at all. Really? One never discusses a woman's age, Michael. Would have hoped I taught you better. What brings you here after all this time? I've come to look after the bank's children. Us? Yes, you too. It is wonderful to see you. Yes, it is, isn't it? But we don't need a nanny. We have grown up a good deal in the past year. We'll have to see what can be done about that. Look, the picture's changed. How did she do that? One thing you should know about Mary Poppins. She never explains anything. Are you sure this is quite safe? Not in the slightest. Gather round, everyone. Spit spot. The one. The only. Mary Poppins! The troubles are incessant. Simply be more incandescent. For your life comes with a lifetime guarantee. Everything is possible, even the impossible. Oh, 
Sorry, I just wanted to play that again. But uh, really, I also wanted to bring up a point about the animation within uh, Mary Poppins Returns. And that is how wonderful it is to see the 2D animation make a dramatic return within that film. We've talked about it in the past. We talked about Mary Poppins Returns at length earlier on uh, in an episode back, uh, a few episodes back. Right. I thought that animation was so spectacular and I'm not one of the people, I know there's some people out there that don't like the new style of animation, the more 3D computer graphic animation that's out there. I do. I like it. But I also love this 2D animation. We also saw it recently. And if you haven't seen the Pixar Spark shorts that have come out recently, that there's three of them that are uh, really, really good. There's Pearl, Smash and Grab, and Kitbull, which is the one I'm talking about, which was hand-drawn animation. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, little short film. You should check them out. They're all on YouTube if you want to find them. And they're going to be on uh, Disney Plus when that comes out as well. Anyway, what I want to get to is that I would love to see this from Disney. Is Let's not just, okay, we did the 2D animation. That was nice. That was charming. Let's go. I would love to see them reform that branch of their animation building and just like do one every three years or something where they just sure. release a hand-drawn yes it's still gonna be mostly computer graphics but they can hand draw the animation is 2d animation i would love to see that be done just to just for the history of disney still you can have plenty of the films in the 3d animation that's fine again i have no problem with it i just love some of the intricacies of the 2d animation true and just to clarify too this it was like you said um kit bull was hand-drawn mm-hmm. it was hand drawn though on computer, mm-hmm. so it's still hand drawn, but they used a different medium. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yes. Anyway, I just wanted to bring one since they brought that up, and it was on my list as a, uh, others receiving votes or honorable mention or whatever you want to call it. That I just wanted to bring up that part of it and why it was there and what I would love to see Disney do. Although I don't think they listen to me, you know. Although they should. <laughs> But I'm sure they don't. Well, they are getting into different anim- animation styles. Mm-hmm. Um, more, some are more the anime. and mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's certainly, and the fact that they did that one hand-drawn, that they are right. exploring some of their roots and just how to use different techniques mm-hmm. to, to produce a different look. So right. it's fresh, it's different, you know. And that's one of the things I think when we talk about another uh, studio, DreamWorks, that a lot of their their imagery looks the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be different characters and a different movie, and I'm not critical of their stories. They do have some good films, but sure. they, they, a lot of their look is very similar. Right, and so it's it's great seeing that Disney is experimenting and branching off into different types. Right. So, so you got a couple more there, I see. Sure, I have another vote for Finding Dory from at Abigail Bork. Very nice. Thank you, Abigail. And Robin Kim from at JTA Podcast. They sent theirs uh, in order like we do. So number five, Monsters University, which Mm -hmm. made your list. Mm -hmm. Another one for Finding Dory. I didn't know Finding Dory was as popular as that. Yeah, I mean, I liked liked Finding Dory fine. It just wasn't good enough to make my list. But it was kind of an honorable mention. Yeah, I would have put it as an honorable mention for sure. Sure. Uh, And similarly to yours, Toy Story 2 as number three, mm. and Toy Story 3 as number two. Okay. 
Okay, that wasn't hard. And <laughs> their number one was Incredibles 2. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Rob, Rob LeBerry, who I mentioned before, that at JTA podcast, that is his Twitter handle for the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, the one I was telling you about earlier, the one that I appeared on last week and will be appearing on in his next episode as well. So give him a follow and check out the pod when you get a chance. Uh, and you have really some more stuff. there? I do. I have ones from, the. actually, we were talking about being on podcast. Uh, the podcast we're going to be on this evening coming up, and it will be released later this week, and we will get to you on uh, social media when that uh, episode comes out so you can know where to find it. Disney DNA Podcast, uh, you can find them at Disney DNA Pod on Twitter. Uh, they like uh, Return to Neverland, which I believe is, uh, I don't know, is that a Tinkerbell one? I'm not sure. I don't know that one. I think so. Interesting sure. one, but right. I, I love it. Maybe we can talk to them about that tonight yes. when we, we speak with them. But uh, very interesting choice. Uh, Kronk's New Groove, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, the Lion King one and a half. We almost made our no. list. Sort of. <laughs> uh, Fantasia 2000. Very interesting choice for that. Was that on your honorable that mention? That almost. That was going, mm-hmm. it, it was on my on, honorable mention. It almost made nine. My number five. I really enjoyed that as well. Interesting. By the Great way, they sceneries and music. Yes. Uh, by the way, Disney DNA podcast split this up into part Disney. They're five five from Disney and five from Pixar. So Ooh. I got both on here. Okay. So. Uh, and also they went with the Rescuers Down Under, which is interesting because I loved the Rescuers. I don't remember ever seeing more than five ten minutes of the Rescuers Down Under, but I should have because I loved the original Rescuers when I was young. Right. I I think I've seen it and it just I can't remember it offhand. So mm-hmm. but the characters are great. Yeah, no. Love I, the characters. I really want to go actually go back and see it. I'm yes. looking forward to Disney Plus when I can go back and see all of these films because they will all be on Disney Plus. That'll be exciting. That's right. Uh their Pixar list was Cars Three we mentioned mm-hmm. uh, on your list, Monsters University, Toy Story Three, Finding Dory makes an appearance again. And The Incredibles 2 as well. Uh, another group that got a hold of us, another couple of our favorite people to follow on uh, Twitter, they do a great blog, is the DVC Duo. And they're nice. at DVC Duo on Twitter. They also mentioned The Rescuers Down Under, uh, Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's finally, nice. finally somebody backing me up here. <laughs> uh, Finding Dory and, again, Fantasia 2000. Finding Dory getting a lot of love. Yeah, uh, Very cool. I, you know, I, I liked it, too. I did, this, this wasn't... Didn't break my list, but I liked Finding Dory as well. Right. Interesting stuff. Uh, So that's all of our... Do you have anything more to add? No, I was just going to say on the Finding Dory, I think that scene where you see all the shells Mm -hmm. coming, converging together. I know. I know. I get choked up thinking about it. And that was an incredible, incredible scene. Once again, another scene that wrecked me because I... Of course, so many yes. scenes wreck me. I, I, trailers come out and they wreck me. Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever can happen with a scene within a Disney animated movie, they're so good at toying with my emotions, as they are, which is easy for most people with my emotions. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's not a... That's not a high bar to set for tasks. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so those are ours and some of our listeners and friends out there. Five favorite Disney and or Pixar animated sequels. Uh, you can still get in your information. We'd love to hear from you what yours are, and we will talk about it next week on the show. So please hit us up on social media, and we'd be happy to share those with all of our listeners. Let's get quickly to our Disney stories of the week. As always, another Disney week, and there were so many stories, and 
This week, it uh, was really a couple of interesting things that first happened. And let's talk about something that happened involving an event that's coming up soon. And that is uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And it should come as no surprise to anyone at this point that it looks more and more like we'll finally be getting the Star Wars Episode Nine official title and trailer at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And that's because, like I said, they announced earlier this week on that uh, they will be having an Episode Nine panel at Star Wars Celebration on Friday, April 12th. J.J. Abrams will be in attendance. No confirmation on others from the film that will be there yet, although I would expect others will. Um, we do know that Oscar Isaac, who is Poe Dameron, uh, will be there for another panel. I'm sure he'll be making an appearance as well. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other people that show up for this. Definitely. Uh, and the, the, the trailer for The Last Jedi debuted at Star Wars Celebration from a couple of years ago. Right. I think it's going to follow the same suit. We're going to find out everything on April 12th. Maybe something drops before that. I tend to doubt it. I think they're going to save this all up and drop it, everybody, on Friday, April 12th. And that's when the marketing push will start going. I think actually it'll be more after they get past Avengers Endgame because mm-hmm. that's really where the marketing push is going to be. Once that debuts, it's in theater for a week or so, then it's going to be all, there's going to be a lot of big push towards Star Definitely. Wars Episode Nine and whatever the title of it might be. Right. And it would make sense in holding off something big to announce at, at this uh, event. Yeah. It just makes sense. Totally makes sense. I think we've been pretty much expecting that, especially when they haven't dropped it. They've had a few chances that they were going to drop something in the past for sure. certain things that they had going on. They didn't drop it then, so I think it was pretty much, we're just going to save up for this and drop it then. And the good thing, I, and I don't know if they're going to do this, I assume they're going to do it again. I know that when they did uh, the Star Wars celebration a couple years back, that even if you weren't in attendance, you could still stream it. And even they streamed it when they showed this trailer. For the first time, this, the Last Jedi trailer. Right. I remember being at work. Oh, yeah. And losing my mind because the Last <laughs> Jedi trailer came out and I was so excited. Uh, so you may be able to blow off your work as it happens very often. As, <laughs> don't, don't take don't, our advice. Don't tell ever. your boss. <laughs> don't take our I'm advice. I'm working on the spreadsheet, boss. <laughs> What's that? What's that lightsaber sound effect I'm hearing? Uh, but you may be able to check it out. I don't have a, 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 that for sure yet, but you may be able to check it out. Also, if you still are thinking about going, uh, yes, the, it's sold out. But there was a new website posted, and again, thanks to our friend, our friend Rob LaBerry, who sent this to us. Uh, they have a website within the Star Wars Celebration website. There is a link there now where there's a company that will. Uh, offer the chance for people that have bought tickets pr- previously to resell sure. them. You can go on there, tell them what dates you're looking for, and if they're coming back for sale, they will may pop up. So uh, no guarantees, but at least it has an option that if you are shut out but are still thinking about possibly going, you may have the chance this way. Yeah, and that, that's a, a great service that they're offering and you know making it legitimate so that you don't have to be concerned about getting those tickets. Right, exactly. They don't have to worry about a scalper, being right. fake tickets, whatever. This is legitimate. Exactly. Everything will be proven through the website. So a uh, better way to do it uh, if you can do it. Uh, I wish we were going. And we're still, by the way, if anybody wants to be our correspondent who's going to Star Wars Celebration, uh, we'd love to have you on to talk about it. I'm sure we'll, we Definitely. Can, you know, we'll be streaming a lot of this. I'll be pretending that I'm working as I'm watching a lot of this <laughs> Star Wars stuff. The boss, you didn't hear that? Uh, but it, it will be for the podcast, for the children. <laughs> That's why I'll be doing this. Um, so honorable yes, of you. Yes, <laughs> it's for the children. Um, 
but uh, we would love to have somebody who's actually on site to report back to us and you know come on the show. So if you're if you're interested in that, please contact us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let's get to a trailer that actually did drop this week, and that is the brand new Avengers Endgame trailer that came out this week. And oh my goodness, it dropped just the other morning, and I had it to did? stop. Everything we did as we were getting ready to go to work in the morning. I, I, Michelle, you got to see this. You got to see this. We have to get it on the big TV. I'm not going to put it on my iPad. We got to watch this on the big TV. It's brilliant. I, I, I think it you was. It. Yeah. it was amazing. It really, really was. It just, you know, whet your appetite that much more for a movie that we already know we would die in a sea. <laughs> so I know some of you out there are probably uh, just. There are some people that don't even want to see the trailers for spoilers out there. So if you're if you're concerned at that at all, just fast forward or skip ahead just a little bit. But I just want to talk about what was in this trailer a little bit. Uh, so go ahead and skip forward, and we'll come back to it in a little bit. But anyway, uh, this is interesting. It was an interesting trailer because it was a look into the past in many regards. As you know, this is the uh, finale for the Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, and basically the finale of the Avengers saga is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So it, it went back right to the beginning to the original Iron Man. You see him in the original suit. Uh, really interesting. We had a Peggy Carter voiceover from uh, the Captain America, the first Avenger. I wasn't from that, but a lot of uh, nuance to that, to the various Captain America movies. We saw Thor with his old man, of yes. course, Odin. And uh, he also flashed back to many of the characters from, you know, that we saw turning to ash in Infinity War. Yeah, so so uh, very exciting. Very dramatic building up to that. And then we took a peek at the future of what's coming up into this film. I think this is all, by the way, I think this all ties in the fact that there's a past and a future in this teaser trailer. But that's just my theory on this and some others that I've seen. Interesting. Uh, Anyway, uh, peek at the future. Hawkeye's new look. He's got yeah, kind of a mohawk going right. shaved sides, kind of a mohawk going on. I think it's interesting. Ant-Man somehow got out of the quantum realm, uh, and he's looking at a bunch of missing posters, kind of shaking his head, like, what's happened while right. I've been in the quantum realm? What's going on? We don't know how he got out of the quantum realm. I know. That's that an interesting, interesting point in of itself. Mm-hmm. But interesting to see him there. And then it wraps up, well, almost wraps up, with the entire group back together, walking with a purpose in these brilliant white suits that look very much like some sort of new Stark tech suits that who knows what those are for. (laughs) Who knows what those are for, but it's very interesting. We'll see. And I loved the whole whatever it takes thing. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I went over it again and again and again. Loved it so much. Oh, absolutely agree. And that suit up to those outfits were amazing. You know, I just, I wasn't expecting that. And so that was very cool to see. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I really don't really have words other than saying it was spectacular. Right. And every time, in, in any one of these films, the Avengers trailers, and just the movies themselves, when the Avengers theme hits, I I nearly want to cry, but I do get chills. Yes. Like, it's so, you know, like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited for this. We're a little over a month away from it. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, and I think that already there was a lot of excitement for people who, um, you know, just saw Captain Marvel, and I don't mm-hmm. want to give too much away there, but, you know, having seen that mm-hmm. and, and, and then know 
Yeah. We did talk about it on our last show. If you if you have seen it, which right. many of you have, because it's been great for the box office. If you want to talk, see here, we did a non-spoiler and spoiler part of it. Finally. Yeah. So, but you know, I think having that excitement already, you know, pretty fresh in the air, and then going to this new trailer that dropped was, mm-hmm. you know, great timing to just really. You know, give it that punch. Yeah. Speaking of that, the end of it, uh, this trailer is fun because Thor's there. Captain Marvel's looking at him and he reaches for and the hammer comes whizzing by. You see her hair blow, which is a really interesting effect, by the way. And she just kind of gives this smirk and he's like, yeah. I like, I like this her. one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny thing that on social media, like suddenly everybody's shipping Thor and Captain Marvel. It's like, why, why do you have to do that? You know, but, you know, can't they just be their own thing? But right. I just thought it was funny that like this one little scene and everybody's like, oh, they're going to get together for sure. <laughs> funny stuff. It is. Anyway. So I uh, really loved it. Loved the trailer. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Another trailer dropped this week as well. And that was a new trailer. For the live-action Aladdin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, this one got drew much better ratings from people out there than the original uh, trailer. Uh, really exciting. Uh, we got uh, we got a little better look at Will Smith as the genie, and he right. he looked the part to me. Yes. He, he looked the part. And they also tied in some of the the imagery and sounds of the original mm-hmm. movie with the, you know, running through the, the streets. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like you said, it, it got, I can understand why people accepted it better than the original one that, that dropped before. It just had more of the feel for what we think of Aladdin and it did show the genie in a much better light. Right. So. And, and let's be honest, we all know like Robin Williams as genie, is legendary, classic. Yes. No one's going to be no. Robin Williams as a genie. But as you and I have seen, we've both seen the Aladdin stage show, both at the Hyperion Theater mm-hmm. you know, on the Disney fantasy, as well as the actual Broadway musical. Yes. And the genie is great in it. And yet, yet is it Robin Williams? No. no. But that doesn't mean they can't be entertaining, fun, hilarious. I'm going to hold out hope that I think Will Will Smith is an interesting guy and he's fun. I loved him as the Fresh Prince. Right. I'm going to hold out hopes that he can do well by this character until they, they prove me wrong. Is he going to be Robin Williams? No. But nobody would be. Yes. So you can, I mean, if you want to talk about whether this movie should be made at all, I'd hear your argument. But until we see this film, I'm going to hold out hope that Will Smith is pretty good. Yes. Same thing here. I, I think that he's going to bring some differences to the role that we will also really enjoy and mm-hmm. like. So, yes. If if you're trying to say, is he going to, to replicate? No, but that's really probably not what we want. We right. want to see a new film. We want to see some variations because otherwise we can just watch the animation. Right. Although, yeah. Um, although that, this one did, I have to say, this trailer did look like, okay, we're following what the original film was. But, right. you know, hopefully there'll be some nuance to it, some interesting. And that's one of the things the live action has done is they provide some more backstory behind some of these characters that you don't get in the anime, especially the, the bad guys. You get a little mm-hmm. more backstory in the bad guys. And some of them you understand a little more why they're doing what they're doing. Um, which I always find the best part of a bad guy you, when you can kind of sort of relate to them in some way. Yes. They're just twisted and, you know, doing things in the wrong way. Right. But you kind of understand why where this got to this point. Yeah. That, uh, I think a, a relatable bad guy is, is a good thing. Sure, that is true. That is true. So you see that it's, you know, it makes a little bit more sense why somebody has... Right. We'll see if that happens mm-hmm. with Jafar in this. Uh, anyway, we saw you know a little piece of a friend like me in there, mm-hmm. which looked good. Uh, really belting out a whole new world would yes. look, looked amazing. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to this film. 
uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Interesting stuff. So uh, let's get back to Marvel. And this week, well, we already had heard some rumors of this happening, but uh, Marvel has found its director for its first Asian lead film that's got coming out. It's exciting. Yes. This from TheVerge.com. Marvel has brought on director Destin Daniel Cretton to helm a film about Kung Fu master and superhero Shang-Chi. It will be the first Asian-led superhero film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise. Uh, Cretton is known for directing 2013's Short Term 12 and 2017's The Glass Castle, and his next film, Just Mercy, is due out next year. Uh, as far as Shang-Chi, it's created by writers uh, Steve Englehart and artist Jim Starlin in the 1970s. Uh, Shang-Chi is a, crim- is a Chinese criminal mastermind's son who became a hero when he learned the truth about his upbringing and devoted his life and talents to taking down his father's criminal empire. In comic lore, he's teamed up with other superhero groups, including Heroes for Hire, Marvel Knights, X-Men, and the Avengers. Wow, very cool. So I love that there that this diversity is expanding. We're, yes. we're we're seeing, of course, Black Panther was groundbreaking. Um, in many ways, Captain Marvel not exactly groundbreaking, but somewhat mm-hmm. considering you know not the first female superhero, but the first in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have yes. led by men. We're seeing a lot of strong women within the Marvel Universe now. Now we're delving into some Asian characters, which I think is great. I love it that the, the diversity is expanding within within films in general, but especially within the Marvel Cinematic right, Universe. Right. And it just, you know, it makes everybody, how do I say this? It just, it is life. It's just what we are. It's more relatable because it's life. Right. Well, we, you know. love it. You know, one of the things that we, 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 I'm going to tie this into Hamilton because I haven't tied anything to Hamilton recently. (laughs) But one of the things that uh, when Lin-Manuel Miranda, man crush, (laughs) talked about uh, Hamilton is that he said that, you know, this is the story of our forefathers in the story of then told by the America of today. You know, so it's that's why the the characters are so diverse. There's, there's so many different backgrounds in within this cast that I and I think that's what America is today. There's so many different people, so many different ethnicities. We are all just one group of human beings, right? And so it's great to see that you know people of all different ethnicities are are getting to do. They're getting their equal share of time, right? And you know, just. You know, some of the things like you were mentioning last week when we were talking about Captain Marvel and, you know, as a female, how I see that character and, you know, what kind of things it can make me feel good about. And I think the same thing here. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, people can relate, you know, people who are of a different ethnicity can relate to a character uh, because... Unfortunately, it just hasn't been like that before on on screen. Right. I remember um, reading a story back when, uh, not long after uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story came out, and it was a father, the, the writer with this was the father who took his son to go see it. And his son was so happy because Diego Luna, they're, they're Hispanic, and Diego Luna was not the main star, but you know, right. 1B maybe, uh, stars of that film. And they were just so thrilled to see someone that looked like them taking a lead role on the screen, not exactly. just being the side character right. or whatever. And, and I think it's just, you know, it's it's been moving on since then. And I, I, I you know, that's just nice to have someone like that right, out there exactly. for you. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. And I think it's great. I, I, I'm all for it. Definitely. 
Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. So that's my Disney stories of the week. Do you have a Disney story this week? I don't. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk a little bit about Galaxy's Edge. Well, let's talk about Galaxy's Edge. Why not? We love Galaxy's Edge. All right. We're excited for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And by the way, we brought it up last week that we are going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And we thought that might be our one-year podcast anniversary. It is going to be our one-year podcast anniversary. So that's really, really going to be a special episode for sure. Definitely. Very excited. Um, So just a couple little things. Um, One is, you know, we'd heard last week and we talked about it on our prior uh, podcast. I don't know why I can't talk today. And I haven't even had my Guinness yet. I I can't (laughs) talk any day. Maybe that's why. We need to tip a (laughs) pint for you to be better. St. Patrick's Day, after all. Right. But um, Disneyland has uh, announced that a reservation, we, we'd heard about that for Star Wars Galaxy Edge, uh, a free reservation would be uh, made available between the dates for the dates of May 31st to June 23rd. Right. And so they still haven't announced how they're going to do mm-hmm. that or how to make the I reservation. Look every day, believe me. I, look I every know. Day. I know. But uh, one of the interesting things, too, that they did have on their website is that after June 23rd, they will not be giving out reservations for those dates. Um, so attendance will be limited, but it's, you know, it won't be on a reservation required experience for that. Right. At least that's what they have for right now. We don't know if the things will change as they go sure, on, but that's but what it looks like right now. And same, same with uh, Walt Disney World Resort, uh, the Disney Hollywood Studios. They, they are not going with a reservation at least as right. what they're saying right now, there's not going to be a reservation process. So right. it'll be interesting to see what uh, comes about, and I'm sure uh, we will find out more in the weeks to come here. Exactly. So, um, And the other thing is I was listening to you on the Jedi Temple's Archives podcast. Yes. And you were talking about the—you all were talking about the lightsaber, you know, mm-hmm. build your own lightsaber sure. shop, sure. you know. And um, so there was an article, and they actually had talked to— to Chris Beatty, who was a, who's a Walt Disney Imagineer executive creative dr- director, and you know what they were saying is really very similar to what you said that this this approach to bringing in a small group of people into the shop um, is very much a nod on what they have done at um, for the Her- the Wizarding, Wizarding World. World of Harry Potter. Yes. You know, so here you'll have uh, people brought into the Chamber of Guardians portion of the shop mm. uh, for about a 20-minute experience. So mm. it is very similar yeah, that sounds, concept to all of Anders. I, I brought that up on uh, the Jedi Temple Archives podcast that I was doing last week that I felt like, since it was limited, that and we had experienced that, yes. uh, that it was going to be something similar. And thank you for verifying right. that. Right. So, yeah, they very much uh, said that is what the, the uh, their concept was. And they, they also went on to saying is that, um, and this is a quote, we've tried recently to start to blur the lines a bit more and more on what we consider an attraction or merchandise experience. Mm. And then, um, the, then uh, Mr. Beatty went on to say, they were um, expecting to do more and more of this in the future. So. Interesting stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we, we did it. We experienced the uh, when you go in and you uh, the Wizarding World where you got to go in and uh, somebody out of the crowd was chosen to 
you know, find their wand and uh, I won't give it away, but you know, if you do this, then lots of interesting stuff happens. Yes. Uh, uh, and it's really entertaining. And of course, yes, it's trying to sell merchandise, but it is also an experience in many regards. So uh, I'm looking, I'm excited for that. Yeah, uh, definitely. I like that. Uh, definitely. And, we, and again, you didn't weren't, you didn't have to buy a wand to do it. You could still experience all this and sure. you could choose to buy a wand or you didn't have to buy a wand. Right. And I think that maybe the same thing will be for this. You can choose exactly. to buy a lightsaber or you don't have to buy a lightsaber. Right. Yes. And cool you know, you could build one or not build one because right. they will have some there also, like you had mentioned, that are already assembled. Right. So good stuff. Wow, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. And I'll be talking with uh, Rob again tomorrow night on the Jedi Temple's Archives podcast about, uh, I know Galaxy's Edge is going to be again brought up. Uh, so maybe we'll bring that up as well. Yeah. So good stuff. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Good stuff, as always. Michelle has a good tip before she even has a tip. So let's get to the tips. We like to do this every week. We never finish a show without giving you some sort of vacation tip, whether it be for the parks, whether it be for Disney Cruise Line, Run Disney, whatever it may be. We like to try and give you some sort of tip for your next vacation, your next visit, whatever it may be. And we always start with Michelle because, as you just heard, she has wonderful tips. Plus, she's fantastic. And you should see her in green. She looks (laughs) like spectacular and green you really <laughs> should see you. her she's great um, but let's get straight to it without any further ado let's get to michelle's tip of the week well thank you honey so this tip really goes out mainly for people who have not been to disneyland in the past mm. but want to make their first uh, venture out here and having done both coasts i can kind of speak to that and relate to if you've been to Disney World all your you know and then Disneyland secondary that it might have a initial feeling of a little bit of a letdown so my tip is really to try to help avoid that and so here's a couple ways first off is focus on the attractions that are unique to Disneyland mm-hmm. you know there there are some um, that are similar in both parks but there are some that are very much unique. And so seek those out because I think that's where you'll find some appreciation over uh, Disney World, you know. And even some of the ones that are similar, like Jungle Cruise or It's a Small World, they have their own take on them at Disneyland Park. And so if this is something that you're interested in, is really checking out attractions, then it might be a good idea also to do Max Pass because mm, mm-hmm. it does work different than how they do the fast pass in um, Disney World, Walt mm-hmm. Disney World Resort. So you'd want to explore that. It's something that you do purchase, but then throughout the day you can make the the reservations on your phone or on the app. Um, Even when you're waiting in line in the queue. Exactly, exactly. So if you don't purchase it, you can still get fast passes, but it's more of a single fast pass at mm-hmm. a time till that one's going to expire. So... Um, but the other thing that would be a recommendation to consider, and, and and again, it's just to help avoid that feeling of, wow, this park seems so small, mm-hmm. is to consider taking a tour. Mm-hmm. And so... Love tours. They are great. And so one of them that we really have, we've done and we really liked, and that is um, a walk in Walt's Footsteps Disneyland. I think I got that. That's right. Okay. I was trying to think, did it was it backwards? <laughs> Maybe, but it's the walk and walk's footsteps tour at Disneyland. Either way, right? Or it's really sad. Yeah. Exactly. And so this this tour takes only about three hours, so you could still have plenty of time in the park to you know go on or look at things that you want to do. Uh, we won't 
spoil the magic of the details of the tour. But, you know, just in general, it, it does really cover how Walt used his personal experiences, his his dreams, and how he, you know, kind of came up with the plan and created how to build and improve on Disneyland even while he was still alive. So um, the tour also does include a couple of entrances to some of the classic attractions. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that really makes this special is the cast member who's doing the tour. And obviously every every time you, you could go on this and, and have different cast members and get something different. But they really do hand select who's going to have that gig. Mm-hmm. And so that person who's going to be giving you the tour is so enthusiastic that it's infectious, you know. And so they really help bring to you the excitement of this OG park and Mm -hmm. get to really appreciate what it is. So it's not, you know, you don't want to try to compare apples to apples with, with um, the Walt Disney world. They're different. It really is. They're really different, but you get to see how this one really paved the way for all future um, theme parks. So the cost of the tour as of today is $115. Uh, if you have, if you're an annual pass holder or a vacation club member or have a Disney Visa card, um, you will get a discount, a 15% discount. And if you do that, you can actually buy the tickets for the whole group. So if you have somebody who's going to be with you that doesn't have one of those things, they can mm-hmm. still appreciate the the discount that you, you if you purchase it for them. So, um, but as with all the major tours, it is separate park admission. Uh, it does include a meal at mm-hmm. the end of the at the end of the tour, and you get an amazingly sweet pin, which I'm showing yeah, Tom now. I know I have Remember it. This I one? have it too. Yeah. It's a beautiful pin. It's, it's a beautiful amazing pin. pin. Yeah, it's spectacular. Um, you know, it's not one that I would ever trade. But um, <laughs> really, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's just—it's a great tour to give you an overview, to give you the history, and even you know, you and I have gone on it. We know a lot about the history of Disneyland. You've lived here for mm-hmm. all your life, so you certainly know a lot about the history of Disneyland. But you still get something out of it. You still get those those warm feelings of you know hearing about something mm-hmm. in the park that was unique. And again, remembering this is the only park that Walt Disney himself was ever at so Mm -hmm. it makes it you know that much more special uh and if you do want to do that tour it does have to be done by calling Mm. you don't you can't do it online um it's 714-781-TOUR or Mm 714-781-8687 if you go to the the website obviously you can get that too uh these their reservations open up 30 days in advance. You can't do it more than that. Um, and this one is a popular one. But anyways, if you haven't been to Disneyland we and you're going to be coming out, we really want to make sure you have an mm-hmm. awesome experience that you don't have that initial thud feeling. I, I've, I've experienced that. I know when I took my mom, that was the same experience she had. So think about some of these things. If you're planning to come out to the West Coast to see Disneyland, how you can make it a marvelous, magical experience for Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think that you might be able to, if you like, don't plan ahead and 
Don't make a reservation. Sometimes you can get lucky if you just decide that day, oh, well, you know, maybe I sure. do want to do the tour. tour. You can go up and ask about it. But if you want to do this, uh, make the reservations because there's no guarantees on that. Like you said, it's a very popular tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing about Disneyland that's different than the Walt Disney World Resort, not that there isn't history at the Walt Disney World Resort, but Disneyland's all about history. There's so much involved. It's the only park that uh, Walt actually walked through, right. that Walt was on many of the attractions that exist there. Yes. Uh, so that is what it's about. It's different in many ways. It's smaller in many ways than the Walt Disney World Resort. And, you know, you just go look at the castle and you'll see it looks a lot smaller. But that is what you get from it if you want to go there and visit it is the history. The, you know, sure. this is what started it all as far as the parks and the theming and everything. And, right. Um, and it's actually a lot more compact. You get a lot in oh, a yeah, small cool. amount of area. And I think, you know, it's funny talking to friends who have only known Disneyland and go to Disney World it's funny to hear their comment like, oh, I have to go to a different park to right. see Star Tours, right. <laughs> you know, and things like that. So here you, you they jam a lot into one park, into Disneyland Park mm-hmm. or California Adventure Park. Um, so that's another real plus about it. Mm-hmm. It's a great theme park for sure. Just want to make sure people really can right. appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Disneyland and is that, like, again, with, we've talked about this in the past, Disneyland Park and Disney California Adventure Park, is that they're right next to each other. You walk, you can, if you have a park hopper, you just walk back and forth between right. the two. It's yes, really, it really easy. Uh, you can knock out just about everything you want to do there in three, four days. And that's another thing, is if you're coming out and you're, like, you're going for a week or a longer time, uh, maybe, you, since you can knock out so many of these attractions and everything so quickly, right. because of the, it is such a compact area, uh, maybe on the third or fourth day you'll be looking for something different to do. And True. maybe that's where a tour might come into play. Absolutely. And they offer a couple of tours there that you might want to look into. Also, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the other convenience, like you were saying about park hopping, because it is just, I mean, it's totally different. You, you don't get on a vehicle to park hop here. You mm-hmm. just walk. Mm-hmm. The other great thing, how they have it set up, is you go through security once and then you're in that bubble right. even to go back and forth and which even is, down, downtown Disney as well right. right next to it so that's you know definitely a plus over what we've seen you know what we experienced don't get me wrong I love oh, yeah. Walt Disney World oh, yeah. but yes if you are park, park hopping you do have to allow for a lot of extra time and you will go through security more than once whereas here you do it once when you arrive and you're as I said you're in the bubble yep that's exactly right. And I want to also uh, add to something you were talking about, about the cast member, the tour guides, and how enthusiastic they are and how much they love it and how much they bring a nuance to it. And they mm-hmm. like to talk about the stuff that they are guiding you through. Uh, if you ever, it, if you have listened to our episodes in the past, you know that we have had a former VIP tour guide That's on, right. Nicole. And if you've listened to those episodes, very early on we had her on, I think it was like the fourth episode we ever did, uh, just kind of discussing her time there. And you could hear her exuberance for, for it, how much she loved it, and uh, she was also on just a few, you know, about a month or so ago, and because she got married at Disneyland as well, so part of our uh, tying the knot with Disney series, uh, she was part of that. You could listen to that as well. But her uh, just her energy and how much she loves Disney uh, really came through with our shows, and I think it really comes through with not only her but many of the cast yes. members, many of the tour guides. When you go on these tours, uh, I recommend them both at Disneyland and at the Walt Disney World Resort, especially if you've been to uh, these parks many many times to experience them in different ways right you just feel a different appreciation Mm -hmm. after being around them and hearing their Mm -hmm. their excitement yeah good stuff and as always michelle has the best (laughs) tips she looks great in green you're just so she has the best tips (laughs) 
Now we'll get to my little tip. Uh, my tip is, uh, well, let's just say that this week it, coming up, and actually it already began just this previous week, uh, registration for the Run Disney Wine and Dine Race Weekend opened up. Uh, it was opening up this last week for annual pass holders and DVC members. For the week coming up, it's opening up to the general public. That'll open up on Tuesday, March 19th. Again, this is uh, Sunday, March 17th that we're recording this. So I want to talk a little bit about if you're thinking about doing this or any of the races coming up in the future, uh, choosing the right race for you if you haven't experienced this before. Uh, so let's go through some of what the races exist out there. We'll start with the 5K. Great for beginners. Uh, great for kids, you know, that are just getting involved yes. in this. Uh, it's only 3.1 miles. Let's face it, you know, you go to the parks, you're walking more than 3.1 miles anytime Correct. you go to the parks in a day. Uh, and you don't need to really run. I mean, yes, you, you need to move at a fairly brisk pace, but you don't need to run it. You can walk at a brisk pace, maybe jog here and there. All you have to do is stay ahead of the 16 uh, minute per mile time limit and it's easily to be done if you move along yes. quickly uh and it's it's also the it's good because it doesn't wreck you if you want to do this run and then also have plenty of time in the parks because it's not going to wear you out it's not going to be much more than sure. what you would do on a general day walking the parks now uh what's not so good about this race is it's usually it's only three miles like i said but usually a, at least a mile if not a mile and a half of it take place outside of the park. So it's like a half or a third of it, right. not really in the park itself, kind of in the backstage area or in the parking lots or the yes. streets. <laughs> into it. So you don't get quite as much bang for your buck in that regard. But again, uh, it's great for beginners and it won't crush you. And it's great for someone just learning, you know, what's this Run Disney thing like? It's a little less expensive than some of the other races. So not a bad choice there. Right. And you can still experience some of the fun mm -hmm. of like when you go to get your bib and everything going into you know the expo area and you still during the run get to see characters mm -hmm. and yes it's so but well, your point well taken thank you thank you yes you still get the all the run disney experience with without it crushing you right really. uh my my favorite race as far as bang for your buck is the 10k i mean yes it's not mm -hmm. cheap None of these races are cheap, but it's not cheap. But it, it will give you the probably the most percentage time, not necessarily in the park itself, but within the park and the resort area. A lot of times they run through Epcot. They run down by Boardwalk, uh, mm -hmm. the uh, Yacht and Beach Club, and on and around that area right. and everything. And so you really... It's 6.1 miles. A lot of it is in that space, not as much off on streets or in parking lots. So you kind of get better bang for your buck. It also won't wreck you for the day. I mean, like some of these sure. races will. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch. Six miles is a bit of a stretch right. for anybody, but it probably won't crush you as far as recovering from that and getting out to the parks if you want to do that in the days afterwards. Uh, it's, it is more for intermediate runners, but there, you know, some beginners can still do this. Again, it's not, you know, it, most people will walk around six miles in the parks yes. on any given day. <laughs> you can do this. Uh, and again, same thing. You can walk up plenty if you want to just run every once in a while just keep an eye on your pace. Uh, Again, it's just, I, I, I think it's the best bang for you, but it doesn't wreck you, but you do get a lot of park time, a lot more character viewing time. Uh, I, I I like the 10Ks a lot. Yeah, and you do get a little bit of extra on your, like your metal is a little mm -hmm. nicer on generally. that. Generally. And um, the the jersey or shirt that you get is usually a better quality mm -hmm. shirt than what you would get with the 5K. So. 
And by the way, uh, 10K usually sells out pretty quickly. The 5K sells out sometimes as well. Uh, the half marathons, usually you can get those up until days before if you want right. to, because they don't usually sell out. And same with the challenges. Uh, just a note, uh, I was just looking the other day. Uh, in April is the rival run. And for a long time, the 10Ks has shown is sold out. It's just recently opened back up. So if Ooh. you are interested in either adding on to what you're already doing or uh, just, you know, hey, you know, we're going to be there at this time anyway. Let's do the 10K. Or if you're in the general vicinity and want to do the 10K, it is opened up. A lot of times that happens near race time because they hold the 10Ks along with the half marathons for anybody who wants to do the challenge, which is the 10K and doing the half right. marathon. And as they get closer and they see that maybe those aren't selling, they'll free up some of those slots for the 10K. So sure. if you're if you're interested, if you got shut out on a 10K ever, uh, keep an eye on it as you get closer to race day because sometimes they will open nice. up. So anyway, uh, last I checked, again, this Good is place. the 17th. Uh, they were open. So if you're interested, go check it out. Uh, let's talk about the half marathon. The half marathon is really a challenge, okay? I mean, that is challenging for most any runner out there unless you're a regular, regular half marathon or marathon runner. Uh, so... Be prepared for that if you want to do it. You really have to be a little bit more, at least intermediate to advance because that is 13.1 miles is a long time. It's a couple hours at least, two, yes. two and a half, three, maybe more hours of being out there and doing this race. Right. So be prepared for that. It is going to probably mess you up for the parks for a couple of days. Recovery <laughs> is going to be a little tough. You can get out and do stuff, but you're going to be a little stiff. You're going to be a little sore, and you're probably going to wear out uh, pretty quickly. So be prepared for that. However, a lot of times you do get to go at least through, run through at least two parks, sometimes as many as three, uh, but the majority of the time, honestly, for these races is spent on the roads around Walt yes. Disney World. <laughs> so be prepared for that as well. Um, I like the half marathons, but they it really is not for everybody. Right. And uh, again, it, be prepared because if you're planning to do these, you're probably going to want to have some time either before or afterwards in the parks you know, a couple of days later or a couple of days before, because it's going to be tough to get out and really do the parks to the full extent if you do that. Sure. I mean, I guess if you're a resident of that area, then yeah. it might that might not be as big of an issue for you. But if you're traveling to go to Walt Disney World to be in this race, you're right that, you know, that's going to take up a lot of your energy. It is amazing to do it at, oh, le yeah. at least once. I mean, it, it's really amazing, but I agree with you. Um, you get really a lot of the exact same experiences doing the 10K mm -hmm. or pleasure from doing the 10K and you still can have some um, ability after that to also enjoy right. parks, again, et cetera. Uh, it's, it's all what you feel is. And again, finishing a half marathon is there's a feeling of accomplishment there that yes. you, you, you can't find in any other way. Uh, but it's, uh, it is tough and it can be really grueling on you. And if you don't prepare for it the right way, it could really wreck you in many other regards. So just be prepared for it. But, uh, I will probably run another half marathon at some point, but I think we're going to stick more to 10Ks as we sure. go forward. But we're very happy that we both have run half marathons right. for sure. Uh, the other ones that are out there are the challenges. Uh, there's a few different ones, but mainly most of the races, they run the 10K and the half marathon and back-to-back -back days. We have not done that. Uh, I have run two races within a race weekend. I've run a 5K and a 10K. I've also run a, half, a 5K and a half marathon. I've never run the 10K and half marathon on back-to-back -back days. Uh, very difficult. You have to be really, really up to speed to be able to do that. Sure. Be, know how to make your body recover and know how to pace yourself and handle it. Uh, so you're prepared for to do both those things, or in some cases, 
the dopey challenge, which is all four right. races, which is insane <laughs> to me. That is, it really is the dopey challenge because I have much respect to all you yeah, who do absolutely. that. Much respect. I would never do that. I can't do that. I can't run the marathon even. And that is another one that's the race. It's only for the Walt Disney World uh, marathon weekend, but uh, that is 26 miles. That is the extreme challenge outside of these, you know, dopey challenge or whatever. To be able to do that, uh, that is the ultimate test and it should be the ultimate fulfillment. But you do get to run through four parks if exactly. you do decide to do uh, it. Yeah, it is sweet. And uh, your nephew actually did it and he yes. like blew out his hamstring like midway through, right? right? Or something like that, or a calf muscle or something like that. And and still was able to make it all the way through it. So it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. yeah. But it will not be done by us. Well, and interestingly with him, he wasn't planning to do that. His plan was he was enrolled in the half marathon, but there was some severe weather right. on that day. So they canceled the half marathon, but allowed anybody who had been in the half, you know, had signed up for the half marathon if they wanted to do the marathon, right. which he took part in that. And yes. He, he actually raved about it. You know, I'm sure yes. he wasn't. It's always interesting to look back and how you feel about races like while you're doing them and afterwards because <laughs> right. you feel completely different about them. Uh, but he raved about it and actually suggested that we should do it. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> but we may do a half marathon again at some point. We're definitely doing many more 10Ks in the future. And by the way, we will be eventually doing these uh, virtual 5Ks uh, that uh, Disney is setting up for this summer. Uh, we will be taking part. We've reached out to several other podcasts and some bloggers out there, and we may be trying to put something together where a bunch of us are doing it on the same dates. Uh, I don't know. It was a lot of fun on Twitter talking about it. I don't know how many of them really were going to buying into the fact of doing that. <laughs> but either way, we're going to do it, and we'd love to have you either join us in person or just join us wherever you are virtually on the same date to do a virtual virtual. Right. Uh, and let us know about it yes, so we can uh, rave about you. Everything. Thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a lot of fun. We will definitely be doing it, and we'd love for you all to join us out there. Exactly. Those are fun, too, because, yep. I mean, you still, it's obviously not the same experience, but, you know, you still feel like you get a little part of it, yeah. you know, and you get the medal, you get your bib, I yeah. mean, certificate, so, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is. You know, it's a 5K. Each of them, there's three 5Ks. If you, want, you can do one of them. You can do two of them. You can do all three of them. Whatever you want to do. And, uh, and you, know, you know, we talked about pacing. I mean, they tell you you should try and stick to the 16-minute pacing. But really, no one's monitoring you. If you want to walk the 5 I will say don't cheat and don't do it at all and just get right. them to say you didn't get yeah. the medal. But if you want to just walk three miles, I'm not going to tell on you if you're an 18-minute per mile pace or whatever. Right. You know, go ahead and do it. Just get out there and walk and do the three miles and have a good time with it, you know. So. Exactly. That'd be fun. So anyway, we're looking forward to doing that. If you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you. So that's it for this week's episode. Next week, we're big Star Wars fans, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, and we're going to begin looking ahead to episode nine. We were talking just a little bit about yes. that uh, earlier. Um, we're going to be taking deep looks at all the Star Wars films uh, as we lead up. And then, so we're counting down the months to December when Star Wars Episode Nine comes out. And so we're going to be looking back at all the films we did. I ran two Twitter polls. One decided if we should do all the films or just the Skywalker saga, you know, episode one, two, three, four, right. five, et cetera. They, that decided that we should do all the films. So that means we'll also be doing uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, yeah. and Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> so this week we ran another poll and we wanted to figure out what order to go in because it's, you know, it's up in the air. What order should we go in? Should we go into theatrical release? But then where do, you know, my problem with that was like, where do Solo and where do... Um, Rogue, Rogue One, One fall into it because they kind of like Rogue One to me leads right into episode four.
before. Like you, they're you got to go right into it. Exactly. So, like, where does that fall? Uh, there was the machete order, which um, I know uh, part of our world podcast mentioned. Now, is like that was the right order, but most people don't really know what the machete order is. Yes. If you want to know what that is, it's uh, you can look it up. But it's like you start with four, go to five, and then you backtrack and go back and go to one, two, three, because that way it's it, it's kind of a foreshadowing and, and, and there's character a whole, development yeah there's and, and it's a, just a different way to look at it so like things like you know who luke's father is isn't given away early on but uh, as far as a way to, for kids to first experience it or people who haven't seen star wars to first experience it but the overwhelmingly and we would have kind of maybe gone which way we felt but overwhelmingly what it ended up being was that the votes came went down for the star wars timeline so that means we're going episode one, episode two, episode three, Rogue One, four, or actually, uh, excuse me, Solo, Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's the Star Wars timeline. If you look at the, if it was to be a linear timeline out there, that's how they fall, and that's how we're going to break them down. So sure. next week, we're going to be taking a deep look at Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Exactly, and I was just going to make sure we clarified: we're not doing all of this on one podcast. No. We're, like you said, we're counting down each month. We're going to to. Really we're doing one episode one. a month. Right. One episode a month, each month, looking at a different film. Finishing up, we will finish up with the Last Jedi in December, probably the week or so before, depending on when we screen it. If we screen it at the same time, whatever, uh, the week before the Last Jedi, or excuse mm-hmm. me, Episode Nine comes out. Uh, so we'll be doing that. And I think uh, Rob LaBerry, who we were just we've mentioned many times in this episode, will be joining. He's a big Star Wars fan, knows a lot about Star Wars, so he'll probably be joining us for next week's episode as cool. well to share his Star Wars expertise. So that should be a lot of fun. Exactly. And remember, we are going to be on a couple different podcasts this week. Just speaking of Rob LeBerry, we will be on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, or I will be. Michelle will be sometime in the future. She has an open invitation to be on that show as well, and she will be on it making appearances as well. But we will be on that coming up this week. I was already on it this last week. And we are also recording with the Disney DNA podcast tonight for an episode coming out this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we will get that out on social media whenever that uh, debuts so we're so looking exciting. forward to that yeah. definitely definitely a lot of fun so uh and if you want to find out whatever we're doing during the week or just we have a lot of fun on social media as the weeks progress especially on twitter you can find us on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook and instagram at hyperion adventures podcast and if you want to ever contact us for any reason uh just any input or if you have a question or whatever you want uh you can always email us hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com exactly and, uh, you know, you found us today in the future, you know, please find us. We, we have a website. It's a great place to go and find us if you want to check us out. Sometimes we write some things. If we see have a movie review or whatever, we'll write it before we actually review it in, on the podcast occasionally if, if it's coming out you know, before it actually screens. And we have a few other things on there. We've got some more stuff that I'm going to be adding soon to it. But you can find that uh, website at HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. If you're really looking for the podcast, the best way to find us is, of course, to subscribe to us. And you can do that on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Yes, and we do hope you take a listen and share that information with a friend. Yes, please, please tell your friends about us. And if you have the time, give us a rating. And even if you have a little more time, a review would be wonderful. And we would be much appreciated. Exactly. Exactly. I that that too many times this show. Perfect. Cut. Yeah, I think that was perfect. (laughs) Exactly was summed it up just perfectly. So that's it. Thank you for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. 
But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.